Hey everybody, welcome to Answer the Call. I'm Kelsey Kemp. This is a podcast for high-performing Christian professionals who want to find their calling and lead a rewarding career that's aligned with it, so you can make an impact in the decades of work ahead. I have been waiting to introduce y'all to my dear friend, Laura Allen, lovingly called LA, who is the host of the Almost Somebody podcast. Ha! It's a trick. You're definitely already somebody, but this is such a beautiful podcast in which she goes right for the heart of busting the myth that we need to strive to become someone. And anytime we get together, we end up having a hot lava fire explosion conversation about faith and living an adventurous life with God by being tuned into your specific purpose. And today's conversation was no exception. As per usual, as you could also hear in the interview that we did together for her podcast, we ditch my traditional list of questions and go right into the heart of Laura's testimony in which God called her to leave a lucrative position in tech sales and go down more of a non-traditional route with a big vision in mind. It is truly so crazy how much we can relate on how God called us to faith after growing up in church and just calling us to a really deep, fully uh, committed decision as adults that changed our lives. And also how he called us to quit our tech jobs and start podcasts, which is just kind of funny. So you could definitely hear why this girl is my sister. So, um, further strength from convention. You'll actually also hear me join her in sharing some of the more personal pieces of my testimony and how God drew me into the decision to get rebaptized as an adult and fully commit my life to him um, in 2019. So I really hope that part of the conversation, albeit vulnerable, is really impactful to you and uh, helpful. So without further ado, First, I actually hope that you'll go and subscribe right off the bat to her podcast, Almost Somebody, but otherwise, enjoy this conversation with Laura Allen. Here we go. Laura, LA, Laura Allen, welcome. The time has come. Dude, I love you. Okay, first, can we just kick it off with a like the classic? Who are you? Let the other people shed some light into this. Where do you live? What do you do? And then we'll dive into the real stuff. Sounds good. Who am I? Such a good question. Um, (laughs) Some days, I don't know. But uh, my name is Laura Allen. I live in Austin, Texas. I originally moved from Atlanta up here for a job in good old corporate America. Um, What do I do now? Mm. (laughs) A little bit of everything. Um, Because, yeah, when I moved... I moved for the job fresh out of college and then God kind of got a hold of my life and flipped it all around in the best yeah. way. And so moved careers, started a podcast, um, got reconnected with my faith in a big way. So doing all sorts of things, but I right now am in nonprofit fundraising and run a podcast called almost somebody inspiring people to embrace exactly where they are and that, um, God's given them everything that they need to take the next step in living a purpose-filled life. So that's me. Now for that, obviously people have instantaneously understood why we're great friends. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, um, so if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, Kelsey and Laura, friends. That makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Tracking. Um, all right. So can you, I, you know, we love a good career story. Can you tell us more sure. of the details of like college what you majored in what that corporate job was and now you know you said nonprofit fundraising podcasting we'll get into why you started the podcast but in terms of your more traditional career stint uh yeah take us from college major to corporate job to now Okay. Yeah. I'll walk you through. It's funny. Cause you said, what is that corporate job? And it's so funny. Cause I can name it now and it's not a big deal, but for a while I was like, I shouldn't say like, oh, I, know. But I definitely can now. So I went to the university of Georgia and I knew I like had kind of an entrepreneurish brain, but also had no idea what I wanted to do. And our business school, you had to take accounting. 
and math is not my thing. So I was like, how can I get around to this, but still do like a business-ish major? And so I went through the journalism school and did advertising and then also majored in Spanish. So I loved foreign language and that was just kind of like a creative way um, that my brain works that I really enjoy. I love Spanish, didn't really know what I would do with it. Um, and then I loved the creative aspect of journalism school because my advertising classes just combined a lot of the things that I liked, but I didn't want to go into advertising. It was just such an interesting way to like skirt around the business school. But then in my classes, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I do not want to work in business advertising or like anything like this. No idea what I want to do. So I just went like a lot of people told me I had skills that would be helpful in sales. So I was like, you know what, sure. Like, that's what everyone does. Sure. <laughs> sure. Like, I just basically let other people tell me what I should be. And Oh, 100%. What do you think I did? <laughs> right. What does anybody do in college? I was like, I don't go to class. I, like, I just didn't have the brain for college. It was like, I just wanted to help the world and had a lot of great energy, but no real, like, guidance in what a like funky creative space my brain is. Um, so I was just like trying to go along with the school thing, but didn't have a specific passion. So I took a sales job with Oracle. So I didn't know literally at all what I wanted to do. And I snuck into a business um, like career fair in the beginning of senior year, because I was like, okay, if I just get a job, I can chill. And like, everybody will be up, like off my back. Like I can just get a job and I can have a fun senior year and all this stuff and so Oracle was like the first person that I talked to and it just worked out and I had didn't want to move to Atlanta like everyone else was so everybody from University of Georgia pretty much goes to Atlanta for like finance and whatever and I grew up there I wanted to be different and fun and Austin Texas sounded cool and so none of the Atlanta like job offers ended up even working out and I didn't really want them and then Oracle was just like a straight shot. Like it had to have been God. It was just like, of course they were who I talked to and I got hired like immediately. I had no idea what Oracle even was. I didn't know. Yeah, what what the heck? Isn't tech sales hard to get into? I don't know. (laughs) Oracle hires like a ton of people, but I do think like the tech industry is very specific and I knew nothing about it, but for some reason I got a job. So, and now I've seen later what God was doing, but I was like, sure like I'll take it it sounds like a great job it's it's a great salary for me not knowing what in the world I'm doing like it's way better than advertising salaries so I moved out to Austin and started uh tech sales with Oracle and they hire a lot of people like pretty regularly so it's the first two years there is kind of like college 2.0 like it's just a lot of young professionals that have no idea what they're doing learning sales and so I was on the cloud tech side so I was selling something I didn't even understand and was just like nodding, smiling, like doing the perfectionisty thing, trying to be like the best employee ever. Meanwhile, like hated my life and was like, this can't be it. Like seeing everyone that stayed at Oracle for like 30 years. And I was like, no, I'm good. Thanks. thanks. (laughs) Well, I knew that we both started in corporate, but I don't think I wrapped my mind around that we started in tech specifically. And I was doing Oracle implementations on the consulting side. That's that's really funny. And also we relate and it's not like you were a loser who was just like blowing all this off. Like I looked on your LinkedIn, right? You posted your sales quotas. You hit over the mark every single quarter. That's for try hard. If anyone out there's yeah, like an achiever at work, that's such a probably anxious tendency, but definitely overachiever stuff. I, if I was going to be there, I was going to be the best, but I can really, yeah. <laughs> was it purposeful? No. I'm proud no. of the numbers. Sure. <laughs> well, I give you kudos for that. Um, all right. Well, take us to the moment where you move from, well, sure, I don't want to do this forever. I just don't know what, to where you start cluing in, oh, I think it's time to actually just leave. Yeah. Okay. So this is actually like a seven, eight month process. Um, so it definitely wasn't immediate. And I think it, it looked immediate when I left, but like, that's 
the the handiwork of God that you just kind of like don't see when someone's like making a jump like this that doesn't really make sense so my personal life goes a lot into like why I left so while the job wasn't horrible great money great again like check every single box great job great salary it's fine like all these things but who I was as a person was like deteriorating if anything like I just completely lost myself um environment matters too and I had moved to Austin solo really didn't know anyone was like acquaintances with my roommate but we didn't really know each other um the only people I knew because it was the pandemic was the nine people on my team we all bonded in kind of a weird way it was just like none of us knew what we were doing and didn't really know who we were and all we did was like drink together like a lot and I was someone that I grew up with my faith being really important to me but then just a lot of hard life stuff happened and once I got to college just didn't really realize how much I drank and then I was like well I had always just thought like you can do whatever you want in college and then like you become the person you're supposed to be and so I was like three years yeah for whatever four years it doesn't affect you like I had no concept of like no this stuff is like a lasting decision and going into tech sales I didn't know about the tech industry and I didn't know about sales like that those are two environments that are intense for like drinking culture for just like workaholism alcoholism like all the isms basically I ran into and if you just a big theme I notice is if you go in not knowing who you are, you will literally become who anyone tells you you are. And that happened to me. I just didn't really have a compass other than like, be a great employee, like people please basically, like just do whatever. And maybe you'll like become the director at Oracle or something. And then I started to just like, see that I, I don't know. I also saw a lot of people on like TikTok, like blowing up for like their dream lives. Like I was like, okay like people are starting shoe brands and blowing up on tiktok and all this kind of stuff and i was like hmm if anyone would like step out i think it'd be me but i'm not even like close to that person anymore like i need to like stop and like regroup and i've been working for a year and a half and i'm miserable honestly like in my personal life i'm miserable so it's like this isn't what i thought like it's not what it's cracked up to be like this perfect job this perfect LinkedIn life like all of it like just kind of crashing the glass around that and oh perfect Kirsten I'm on a podcast (laughs) sorry come on man man. bro what are you doing sorry I think since you were talking about like tech sales I just automatically started adopting the qualities of a bro um oh yes so by the time my sister comes in the room I'm like dude dude get out man I told, I told you I'm on a podcast I'm trying to call you I'm bro totally gonna leave that in because yes please <laughs> but sales bro life was real and I yeah I was like starting to see even that's like a funny joke but like it was actually true like my personality was changing into like girl in the tech bro sales life like I was going out with the guys like just like completely lost who I was and so that kind of hit February 2021 and I just like basically had an encounter with God just came to a, like a real come to Jesus moment in every aspect of my life that it was like I have lost myself I don't know what way I want to go but it's not this and like I just need help like complete surrender to Jesus and like I need help one to like I recognized that drinking was like a large part of my life because it's encouraged like in closing deals in the environment like all this stuff and I was like "Mm, I think there's another life for me on the other side of this but like I need help so basically for like six months I walked through like crazy like miracles of God showing up in my life in this new city to he like connected me with a church and like just kept confirming that he was like really moving and was it was like God was validating that it was okay for me to be myself and like and step out in little ways. And so I got rebaptized. like my life really changed, but all the while I was still at Oracle. So it was like pretty funny to like keep walking forward as like people are noticing me change a lot and I'm still at this job, but I'm like slowly being more confident in just like who I am 
outside of a job in general, like get off the screen, stop trying to like make myself into somebody and just like actually like change back to like who I really am and all this stuff. And so it was around summertime, it's probably six months later that I was fully sober. Like I had ambitions again, I had good community. Like I just got to this point where I was like, wow, I'm like, okay. Like I'm more okay with who I am that I don't need this job. Like I've changed so much that this no longer like fits together. Like this job and my life, like that's awesome. Like I've totally transitioned into like who I am that um, this was an old me that doesn't really exist anymore. And so I started, I went on so many walks and a lot of oh. walks and prayer walks. Cheapest way to change your life is just go on a walk all the time. Seriously. So any time I had in the job, I would just go on walks. And then that turned into like recognizing what happened in me and like noticing that this could be a theme with like a lot of people our age and stuff. And then God just gave me a lot of ideas for the podcast. So there was like a lot of creative mapping too for like few months like it wasn't immediate and then I left my job at the end of September 2021 um and finally took that like leap of faith step away and went to go work at Starbucks while I got the podcast up and running <laughs> and everyone was like you've lost your mind so oh girl I cleaned houses yeah that's what I did yes because <laughs> I I like did so much analysis before I quit of all mm -hmm. right I I'm going to be building up a business venture. What other income stream would I like to have on the side? Because I don't need like all my time to be devoted to this. It could be built up a little bit more slowly, but I don't want to be draining my savings. Um, and I did this huge research endeavor and realized what hits the mark at the intersection of most time flexibility, highest pay per hour, also just really chill and fun because I'm super burnt out and need yeah. some breathing room. Mm -hmm. Ta-da, cleaning houses. I got in with a few Airbnbs. So I had two to three regular gigs a week and I paid my bills in 10 to 15 hours of work. Oops. And so all the while I was like laughing because if I told my friends for a split second, I'd be like, oh my gosh, are they going to think this is embarrassing? Because I actually think I'm, I think this is funny. I think I've like awesome. played a trick on society. Yes. <laughs> I literally feel like I was like tricking society basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think that like takes brain power too, to recognize like, okay, this creative venture is going to like not take a ton of time, but it takes a lot of like specific creative brain power to like get this thing up and running. So I need a job that like only uses my hands, like literally making coffee and like no bare minimum, like knock it all the way down because I, I was running into that. It was like, and I had people like speaking into my life that was like, you could have just stayed at Oracle and done the podcast. <laughs> no, like, no, like you don't recognize that that's the same brain power to like learn how a podcast functions and get it started is the same brain power I would need to like sell sales. And if you're in a sales role, you don't want to be at the bottom because you're not selling. Like I basically kept finding this thing where it was like, well, if I'm going to jump, I need to jump when I'm doing well, because, or else now I'm the worst employee at Oracle. Everyone knows I'm working on my podcast, like nah, but I need to go just make some coffees and hang out with literally like 17 year olds and start the pod. <laughs> oh, so much admiration for this. What, tell us more about your heart behind the almost somebody podcast like why this concept that name this concept that name so the name I've actually like always had an interest in starting a podcast but when I was very sales bro-y had totally lost touch with like myself I the name almost somebody was like in my head for a podcast and totally different vision though it was like a comedy podcast like just kind of crass like all these things that I'm so thankful I didn't start um but the name was in my head I think for like a very specific reason and then my entire life flipped around and I was like whoa like uh, the almost somebody concept is that we're constantly waiting for a job waiting for a partner waiting for the next best thing to make us somebody because I think in this day and age with 
quick TikTok fame with like everyone just trying to matter and like that's where it comes from like wanting deep validation that like you matter and you would literally step out on a limb to create a persona like that's not you like I started recognizing people on TikTok I'd see them in interviews and they were like yeah that's not really who I am but this is the character that I play basically on TikTok but people think that's really you but like that's them like well I made it as this person but I really wish people knew the real me and just started recognizing themes that like we all do that like we're all sitting waiting for a pandemic to be over to like actually live and I was doing it too and I recognized it myself that for years I had just kind of like given up and was like I had all these big dreams to like influence the world and all this stuff and then it was centered around Christ though and I completely lost touch with um my faith and that that was the basis of who I am and once I came back to Christ it was like oh my goodness like the unconditional love of God changed my life from waiting on something to make me somebody to like recognizing that because God like created me and loves me I can learn to love every part of myself like the quirkiest weirdest all the things that I was trying to change to be cool to matter to like get validation from the world like those are the things that God put in me for a reason to be special and different and like he feels that way about everyone else too and I just like saw the change in my own life and was like wow when I went from living out of this almost somebody complex to realizing that I was already somebody like my life changed doors started to open like when I gave my life to Jesus like literally everything changed you have a confidence that's like cannot be created it's like just given to you by God and you're boldness and who you are and yeah so it was like not only kind of like a testimonial it is like it's the, the podcast is like a, my testimony too but it's also just like an encouragement that like you don't you might not even realize that you're waiting on the next thing but you are you're like frozen until you get this job to validate you like it's just kind of like I did a psychological and faith and like theological deep dive basically on like what happened to me here and what changed oh my gosh <laughs> not a lot but <laughs> no it's so powerful sometimes I just get so entranced with the story that I'm like oh man okay dang it I have to ask another question but one thing I wanted to ask you more about was what you shared about getting rebaptized. I know that we relate on this experience of having grown up in church and I can't remember how old you were. I was seven when I got baptized for the first time. And I just thought, oh no, like I, well, I don't want to like go to hell. Sure. My parents are into this. Okay. And I think everybody was just doing the best they could, including me. Like I had a genuine desire, I would say as much as a seven-year-old can to dedicate my life to Christ, but I didn't have a full understanding that um, baptism is meant to be a representation of your death and resurrection coming up as a new creation who is dedicated to saying Jesus is king Mm -hmm. and my life is not my own and it belongs to you. And so I get the benefit of saying death, where is your sting? I have hope forever, but everything belongs to you (laughs) in this stint, especially while I'm on earth. And I just, I couldn't make, I, I wasn't, I didn't have the maturity at that tender age to be able to understand what I was doing. And so I had those intervening years until I was 25. <laughs> and that's a little over three years ago now um, that I made that, uh, that I even realized that there's something missing here. And I don't even think I fully understood the gospel, even though I've gone to other countries to share it. And so, but that was really humbling and embarrassing. Even I was like, Oh my gosh, what is my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? Like getting baptized like that, that makes me admit something like a, a, a starting point in faith. It makes me look like a, a baby Christian when I've tried to like present myself as more of a mature one. Mm-hmm. And does this like devalue all the times I went and shared it? Like, yeah, yeah. I was so scared of it. Um, just, yeah, like you said, devaluing 
things uh, that had happened in the past that were legitimate victories for the Lord. Mm-hmm. But what was your experience like? Yeah. And why did you make that choice? Yeah, it was pretty similar. I, I had like a deep understanding. Now that I look back, I'm like, wow, I had a pretty deep understanding of the gospel when I got saved when I was five. But I similarly don't think I really, I understood like the celebration of baptism. I think it was around probably six or seven too. Um, but I also knew that we were like joining a church and I think that was like a mandatory thing. Oh. And yeah, so it wasn't exactly like out of my celebration from death to life. My life is old and new, like not understanding that entirely at all. It was just like a thing you did in the South. Um, and then the reason why I chose to get rebaptized as an adult was very similar because when I was basically coming to this absolute rock bottom in my personal life, even though work looked great, life looked great. Like I looked like I was having a ton of fun and I still believed in Jesus. Like I had had this like perfect balance. Like it looked like it. Um, but I hit a moment of deep honesty with God and was like, no, I see this with fresh eyes. Like I was reading the Bible and I was reading an Acts, and over and over as like the early church is forming people like it just happens instantly people's eyes are opened and they get baptized it's just part of it and I had never read that like before ever and with how drastic like my encounter with Christ was and how much I wanted my whole life to change for him and it just felt heavy I was like my whole life is about to be different because like this is crazy like the bible is still the same thing as when I was younger and on fire for this but that same like embarrassment and just like ugh, like people come to me for like faith advice or they didn't really anymore but like used to like I feel like such a fraud and all this stuff of like if I get re-baptized like what is this saying but I needed to because I was like whoa like I got baptized as a kid and then was like living off kind of this like lingering faith but to re-realize that like Christ died for my adult sins. Like he died for the years of drinking, for the sex, for all of the stuff that it was like, he's aware that I totally didn't understand the gospel until right now. Like he's well aware. I don't have to be like embarrassed to be like, wait, no, I didn't fully understand sin. And like, maybe I'll just go, like, I just had this very heavy feeling that I couldn't just go back to church and like pretend like, just keep covering up this stuff like it was clear as day that it was like it's a call to repentance yeah yeah like repentance is what clears you out like Mm -hmm. literally the fog the gunk the wall between you and god it collapses in a moment when the heart cries out in repentance in true repentance, I didn't even understand the concept of repentance. I just thought that's what you do if you wanted to beat yourself up yeah, and, and go I, into shame. I don't think I ever practiced repentance because like, no. I, I knew uh-huh. family members that like were Catholic and stuff. So I knew about confession, but I thought that was a Catholic thing. Like I didn't think that like repentance is a daily practice to the Lord, but also in the really large scheme of like, repentance for my dead life this means everything changes like that's the gospel like so yeah that's when I read it I wasn't going to church at all I was literally like me hiding in my bedroom reading the bible like regularly was like where I was at and so I was just praying and I was like I've seen this with fresh eyes like just provide me a tub and I'll get baptized like it was like just I didn't even understand the concept of community yet so like if anyone's listening and is like it's got to be this like perfect process. No, it doesn't. Like God can do whatever he's going to do. And then he brought me to a church and I still didn't think I was going to be a member of the church. I was just like, I'm going to use you for your baptism day on Easter. Thank you. Goodbye. Like, this is just my, like, I'm telling strangers that like I'm new, but I just did not understand the rest of it, but you don't have to. Like, it was like, okay. Um, and I, even the day of was like, I don't, really know if this is going to change me at all because like I know that my life is new but do I really need to do this but like seriously there were old anxieties that needed to die literally fall away in the water and come out and it was like I am more confident with this life change now that I did this like there's a reason for baptism oh my gosh you know what I am thinking of um 
baptism. Oh, one second. I'm looking up this verse because it shook me. Okay, let's let's pray. Literally pray right now that this is the right one. I think it is. Um wow, okay, yeah, let's do second Peter. This will make sense of what we're saying. Let's do NIV. Do you like NIV? Yeah, let's do new international I version. Reading ESV on the Bible app. But... Oh, I've heard I should really go into ESV. I heard someone jokingly referred to New International Version as the nearly inspired version, not the fully. <laughs> Bird, I still need it. I know it gets a little savage, but hilarious. We can laugh at ourselves. Okay, so um <laughs> It says um, in Second Peter chapter three, I'll start at the first verse. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as a reminder to stimulate you into wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in these last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this quote, coming, he promised, like, where is the savior, essentially, ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens came into being, and the earth was formed out of water by and by water. And by these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed by the same word the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly wow i haven't read this in a really long time i know that's extremely confronting but why i remember as we're talking about our baptism stories i remember this verse it hit me so hard when my friend showed it to me because it equated um the waters of baptism to the waters of the flood it clears you out and what is reserved and floating on top is what God decides like is holy and preserved for him everything else all your worldliness it dies and you become a new creation and the like those parts of the new testament that you see these glimmers of how it all connects to the story of the old testament mm-hmm. moves me so much like the story of the flood is not an accident it's not weird yeah. it's not irrelevant anymore i want to be a part of that flood and resurrection yeah. and repentance is like if you read john the book of john the book of acts and romans you can't not be changed. Mm-hmm. My problem was I always was a part of these Bible studies that in college that I would read one chapter a week. We would all just kind of fart around and say some light thing that we thought about the chapter. And I would just do it one at a time. And yeah. I missed the power of context. Same. And once I just sat down on that Saturday, that changed my life. And my friends were like, Kelsey, just read acts like try to just get through as many chapters as you can i kept on being like wait this is in there the bible says this yeah this sounds relevant oh my gosh it's like speaking into my present day life yeah and so our stories converge in that like i kept on underlining the words get up kept on hitting me in the face every single chapter of acts every person responded with fervor and they said pick up your mat and walk get up yeah well that was uh, the gospel accounts there's there's an action required after like repentance there's always an it's an action verb after that of like what you have to act acts on what grace you've just been given and that's so wildly undeserved and they're all like dunk me now and that's how i felt it was like someone put me under the water right now because John four, like woman at the well, like around this, the whole time that I was like feeling the call to get baptized again was around the winter storm in Texas. And we didn't have any water, like water was such a theme. And then I read John four and this woman had just like a fervence, like not asking Jesus if she could have this living water, but like telling him, give me this water. And like, that's what I felt about like new life in Christ. Like give it to me. Like I need it. And I later heard from someone that like, God is the only one who can restore us to our original form. 
and like that's literally what happened <laughs> like original form that I remember when I was like following Jesus in the seventh grade like that's what I feel like now as an adult like getting to like dance around and like have fun and not be not drink at all and all this stuff that's like this wouldn't have happened if I just like set my mind on being a better Christian like Mm-mm. it's impossible what happened yeah. like it's only by the grace of God yeah no uh, like it says in Jeremiah 17 that if those who rely put their confidence in the flesh will be like a bush that's dried up in the desert so when the blessing comes they can't even receive it wow. and yet those who put their confidence in God realizing that their salvation is in repentance and rest it says in Isaiah 30 in your trust in the Lord will come your peace and it and going on and Jeremiah 17, it talks about how conversely, those who put their trust in the Lord, they will be like a tree whose roots go down to the stream, who never cease to produce fruit, who are always green and do not fear when a drought comes. And oh, yeah. oh <laughs> like that, that joy. I think like our culture is crying out for that feeling like of you know that really famous book that came out a few years ago the subtle art of not giving an f like we want to not be able to give an f about things like i am who i am whatever (laughs) like is up in arms against the one thing that would actually do it like the one thing that actually saved their life is the one thing that it's like ew christianity but like true following christ is exactly what you're looking for not giving an f (laughs) like uh, yeah french but like actually No, really, like we want that feeling, but it's actually much better said by not that title, rather (laughs) this one liner, death, where is your sting? Yeah. Like, and Paul saying, if I were, um, if I were seeking to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Yeah. I think that's in Galatians 110. So pretty sure it's like, we don't want to please the world, but then I still slip into that. Um, Um, So how do you handle that being someone who is a voice and uh, trying to influence for good as a podcaster and on social media? How do you stay plugged in with it's not about you and your mission? This was given to you from God because I struggle. I think that's a really good thing to hit on because like even talking about like literally from death to life the old me died, the new me is here. Like, it's such a misconception to be like, I don't struggle with anything now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you do. Like, but that's the beauty of like, I get to lean on the Lord, but it's not like every single day is like perfect. It's not like you still remain a sinner in need of a savior. It's just not this like death feeling. And like the temptation is definitely there. I just thank God have like, a lot more community now and he like connects you like he connected us he connects you to the right people that like can help hold you accountable because if it was just if it was just me running a podcast still didn't have any community like it would be all about me still even as like a follower of christ like you can't do it alone like man was not meant to be alone and that meant community not necessarily marriage but like you need other people and so it is something i fall into especially with being still in a transitional zone like I don't do the podcast full-time like I got moved me into another like full-time role like it's interesting and I definitely struggle with like how long will I be in this role will I get to do the podcast full-time like all of those thoughts but I get consumed by it when I focus on me or that this could be like a mission of my own and I think it is by the grace of God that like the podcast was born solely through him in like the lowest part of my life I couldn't have possibly made it because God knows me very well and that pride Mm. is a struggle and that like being an achiever like I can worship working a lot or I can worship like making it myself literally almost somebody like is the podcast name goal like I have to say every single episode like you are exactly where you need to be with what you have to make an impact on the world because I need to hear it like it's God knew that was the preaching I needed to preach to my own soul every time I go towards this thing that I really love to do but that I could celebrate as like my podcast like something I've done like 
and I can't even stray away from like talking about Christ on it like I was like maybe I'll have like other like anyone and everyone on to tell them like they are special and then God's like all your guests are going to be like firm believers and <laughs> talking about how God completely flew through the ground and like I like I mess up every day but God is faithful to like bring me back and that's about all I can say there is like try with everything I have to stay faithful in the word and but at the end of the day trust what God's put in my life for like every person that speaks into it pray and rely on him because I'm constantly caught up in the swirl because I'm a human and just like so thankful that he made the podcast be based around what it was or else I would have probably lost my way with it now and sometimes I do struggle with being like you know what like I just want to like love the Lord and go to church and like all that stuff but like we're called to help others like see Christ and we're freed by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and like it's a good struggle to like be it's an honor to like try and be in the world but not of the world in this specific way so but it is it's a struggle yeah and I am so grateful for you to testify to that because it is just the blatant truth I think that if I were listening to myself right now and talking with you mm-hmm. uh, from the perspective of a few years ago I would think oh my gosh like wow I I don't even read my bible at all from the mm-hmm. standpoint of a few years ago how I can you quote things and it I guess it's just been a very humbling journey of even though once you get you re- it says in Acts uh, chapter 2, 36 through 39, it talks about repent. They You first believe, but you don't just believe. You then repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the whole and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that uh, uh, intercedes for you on your behalf mm-hmm. and helps you stay in the game. But yeah. it does require your participation mm-hmm. and what you your story and what you're talking about it's just like an honest commentary on yeah we have so much to celebrate of what god has done in our <laughs> in our lives and our hearts when i was so far from him when you were so far from him that now we delight and this is supposed to be a career podcast but i feel like every time i get around you i can't help but just celebrate what the lord has done yet still we have to say it is a struggle and we naturally tend towards deformation when left alone, you tend towards deformation, not formation yeah. in Christ, no matter what. <laughs> like, recognizing that we are prone to wander has been honestly the most convicting thing in the last year of like really being a disciple of Christ is like, I still in the whole year, it was just like seeing that my tendency was like, yeah, maybe four days a week. Yeah, maybe like three days a week. Yeah, maybe no, like learning like true dependence on Christ I am prone to wander if I do nothing I drift away from God like that is the resting act of being a human like is drifting and that did not sit right with me and it still doesn't sometimes but like it's the simple truth so like it it still takes daily activity to choose God like Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah. our lives rise like our lives what I was gonna say is like they rise and fall on our momentary decisions not our big ones Mm -hmm. because the almost unconscious decisions that you slowly make creates a habit in a certain way of being a certain level of morality a certain like are you doing it for God doing it for yourself doing it for others and so um like I just as we were talking I was thinking of the first corinthians 9 27 verse where paul is talking about um i know i strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so after so that after i have preached to others i myself will not be disqualified for the prize you didn't ever take and this is like i would say what the west really hates to hear he didn't ever Mm -hmm. take his salvation for granted or that it was a done deal he just didn't that verse has been on my heart for like the last three weeks and I'm currently like really praying into discipline and things that like I do not want to do like literally like I have never liked discipline I've never liked rigidness and consistency but like seeing that that is actually freedom in the Lord and like 
having to pray for focus on that like that verse has been it's plastered everywhere it's my um my background right now what if you know so i I do not run aimlessly i do not box as one beating the air but i discipline my body and keep it under control lest i after preaching to others i be disqualified because seriously in positions like this like we have podcasts like you have a mic like again like the importance as a follower of christ to remember like who gave you the mic and all that stuff like our tendency is toward like i'm important i am like i am somebody now this podcast made me somebody but remembering the heart posture of like no i want to like train my body put it under get it under control lest while sharing with others what god's done for me that i'd be disqualified because i've now thought of myself as god or something like it's a it's a real training life is literally training and i think we've gotten so comfortable in the west to just like go to church on sunday and like once your eyes are opened like both of ours have been it is just like oh no we've been doing it wrong we've been doing it so wrong for so long (laughs) it's harrowing it's harrowing i would like at parts of conversations like these like my heart soars and I'm like wow just rejoicing in the Lord's work in my life and feeling at this moment very secure but then like as as you yourself are preaching you're like wow this is a lot to live up to and Lord I still need your grace today tomorrow always and I this I'm kind of curious for your thoughts on this um in closing this is so relevant to a conversation I had yesterday with um, the women in my small group that I get together with every week. And we're going through the sermon by John, no, it's Susie Silk yesterday. It's like, I don't know. I can't remember it exactly about devotion. It's a recent one by Church of the City, New York. And she was going through the passage of the rich young ruler that had, he was like very wealthy. And God said, yeah, sure. You have done all these good things in your life. One last thing I require of you go sell all your things and come with me. Mm -hmm. And he walked away sad. And she was preaching about how (laughs) you have like, have to, all of the people who we see who followed God, who followed Jesus in his time on earth, they were called to sell and go. But my small group, we were like really struggling with that because we commonly go, go to the cultural image of, well, what, what does that mean? Am I not supposed to, like, I think I'm supposed to be in this job, but am I not? Do I need to leave it all behind? Is it bad that I have, uh, that I'm renting out a house? Not that I just kind of like, but I really like, and I have some disposable income. Should I give all that up? I live in my car now. (laughs) Yeah. And, or go to a developing country. Um, Mm -hmm. what does this mean for me? And we're really struggling with that. Um, but what I kind of landed on and which is what I want your commentary on as well is when you sit there in the discomfort of a verse like that, and you just ask God, I have to do it through prayer journaling. Cause otherwise I can't keep my train of focus when I'm just praying in my head. Mm-hmm. I follow the thought and I'm like, this is, I'll list my questions or my frustrations or my doubts or my disbelief or like, no way are you, what do you, what, what does this mean for me? Do you want all this for me to give everything up? Um, and then I have a pause and just journal out what I believe the spirit is working, the, his discernment in me. And it's usually just like one, you might have a few key areas of, Hey, change this first. Hey, try this first, steward your time better here. And it's actually like the slow building of practicing that sacrifice mm-hmm. and practicing the selling and going. It's usually not everything at once, lest it heat itself to a lack of wisdom. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't even know what you're called to do yet. So don't just generically throw it all up in the air from this cultural understanding that it has to be all my money where it has to be like automatically into the relationship I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have some space for discernment, like go away and figure it out. Yeah. And then, um, I'd also yeah. say that if like God is faithful, even if you like sell all your things, because that's where your heart, like God cares about 
your heart posture that it's for me it was learning that like three words unworthy but willing like <laughs> he's not technically asking you to sell all your things but maybe he is but like no matter what like he wants your heart posture that if he said sell it you would like that's how much you love him you follow him you aren't tying your hope to any physical thing in this world it doesn't like he has never needed us to do anything for him we just get to so like his love for you isn't like if that's how you're looking at it like the lord will love me more i'll be a better disciple something if that's where your heart's at like selling the stuff's not going to make a single difference but if the lord is like really like asking that of you and it's an act of obedience like that's beautiful but either way like he doesn't love you anymore or any less because you've like sold something but also like i was talking to my pastor and there's something called like cage stage of like beginner believers when you're just like so like we should be fired up our whole lives that's how i feel but um there's often like wisdom comes with time and I've made so many decisions like I still do because I'm such like a passionate person that I will get ahead of God and be like you're asking me to sell it all yeah. and I'll I've done that and literally put myself in like not great situations by just like having an energy for the Lord but like seriously God has never left me with nothing like it's not like even if you yeah. sold it all and you were like oh now I'm embarrassed like I just really loved Jesus a ton like he sees you and he always shows up like even if you sold your house out of obedience like you'll learn a, some type of lesson about wisdom in that I'm sure but like don't let that discourage you because I definitely struggled with that in the beginning being like dang I feel kind of embarrassed like people in the faith that have been here longer are like lol that's just what happens with young believers but like let it be something that brings you closer to Jesus to be like, okay, like my father knows my heart and that I want to give it all to like what's changed my life. And like, it's a learning process. Like you can't yeah. mess up giving everything away to follow him, but also, yeah, often he's not requiring what you think he is. Like he's actually a good yeah. father that wants you to like have security and health care and you know be able to take care of yourself like that's wisdom and stewardship read yeah. ecclesiastes it talks about investments proverbs talks about storehouses like yep. this isn't bad but i just think it was so profound to realize that for the women i was with who have been in their walks with the lord for a long time it was still so like oh, what am i supposed to do with this mm -hmm. this passage and i think just to encourage us to not get discouraged and rather just say okay well in my very next decision at least I'm going to ask God all right well if this decision is yours what what do you want to make of it yeah just start with the little things if you feel like you can't muster up to the big thing quite yet like after my coming to faith experience like in a bigger way in my mid-20s it's not like everything fell away all at once right that's a big misconception and I've heard other people open up about that. Like it was in God in his graciousness showed me kind of one thing at a time, actually. All right. Yes. Weed this out first. Weed this out next. Wait a little bit. Weed this out next. Yep. Like he's very gentle and gracious. My whole last year, I'm like just now stepping into what feels like more maturity with him but like it's taken a year and this happens our whole life but like the whole first year has been like one thing at a time because they're big things like you've lived 24 years I've lived 24 years like living in these kinds of sins like it takes mm -hmm. time to like un even understand what laying something down looks like to learn the lessons of God like there's no rush and that was my biggest thing was like Oh, like from death to life, I'm completely new. Get it all out, walk it all in new. Like, hooray. Like, no, he's like, patience is a virtue. Like, all these things. He knows that you can't like grow out of it all in a day. No, especially when there's so many physical ties to like, if yeah. you had like an alcoholic dependence in your past, some people, their stories is automatic. What is that like? remission or whatever but that's not yeah. everybody's story right and mine, so you have to work through it yeah mine I found like 
once I got to this point, like after July 18th, like automatic, like never had a, a care again, but it took me six months to really understand that if I just like asked Jesus to take it away, he would. And like, that's okay. It took everything that I needed to learn in that six months, like everything to even get to that point. So like your journey is your journey. Just try to choose God as often as possible is kind yeah. of the thing. Otherwise, like, yeah, just he the all the answers. <laughs> Laura, I love you so much. Girl, I uh, love you. I'm like, my computer's about to die. Ready? Oh my gosh. Uh, let's just bless and release this conversation on a high note. What is like a, any last pieces of encouragement or anything that you want to kind of reiterate or underscore from our conversation to leave the listeners with? Oh gosh. Um, I think speaking back to, if I was listening to this, I try to always think about that as well. Like if I was listening to this with where I was at in January, 2021, even December 2020, I heard so many conversations like this and was just like making assumptions about their lives or that they've always been like a little better or they don't understand where I'm at or I can never possibly be there or there's too many like mountains in between. Like, I think I could get there, but maybe not. Like just encouragement that like seriously exactly where you're at is what God wants to use. And like, it's just like one step, just one tiny step towards God. And like, he will blow your mind. Like I would have never, ever, ever thought that I would be like having this conversation, sitting where we're sitting. Like if I could have recorded and invited people into my room in January, 2021, like I, I wish I had to be like, this is, I didn't know it anyone that I know now I never in my life did I think I'd be where I where I am like only by the grace of God so exactly where you're at is like the perfect place to start like career dreams all of it like it can be overwhelming and the comparison game is the thief of joy like only use other people's like circumstances as as learning and like hopefully a push towards towards God but other than that like you are exactly who you were supposed to be. Others need you to one, connect to God and two, figure out like why you're here. Cause you, you have gifts that we need you to be able to like tap into. So yeah, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Oh, such wise words to end on. Actually, that should be a little tip that we leave. Why don't you just go ahead and do a little audio recording, video diary of where you're at in life right now? Yes, because you so would be amazed. Like you will treasure that mm-hmm. uh, six months from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. You would not believe. So I, I wish I did that more too. Um, it's really just, good. Yeah. Like, record where you're at, give your life to Jesus, and then see. <laughs> Then see, oh my gosh. Yeah, and that sermon that you sent me, I forgot who it was by, but here is holy. Oh, Mike Todd, yeah. I cried so many times during that, that was crazy. Here is holy, that's just such a phrase. Laura, thank you so much for your faithfulness, your testimony, your heart, and everything that you're doing. Where can people connect with you? Oh man, we can connect. I need to probably use my personal Instagram a bit more (laughs) today with LA. And then, but really where you can find us is Almost Somebody Podcast on Spotify. And then on Instagram, it's Almost Somebody Pod with two Ds. Uh, One day we'll get that handle. And (laughs) yeah, other than that, hit me up on any social. Had a lot of LinkedIn combos recently, so you can find me there as well. LinkedIn, I'm convinced that's where we should all be. Social for young professionals looking for purpose. Dude, you could even get some dates off there. I've been asked. Famous young professional connection for real. <laughs> oh, wow. That's the weirdest way we get into this conversation, but God bless. But God bless. Wow. Thanks for having me. 
go follow along with Laura in her other super meaningful conversations on the Almost Somebody podcast, wherever you listen to your favorite shows, and also follow along with her on Instagram at Almost Somebody Pod, and that has two D's, so P O D D at the end, Almost Somebody Pod on Instagram. And if you would like to work with me to get your career strategy and vision in place, you could apply for one of my one on one coaching spots for high performing Christian professionals who are interested in making a meaningful career move in the next three to six months. Whether that's landing a job at a company you admire or pivoting into a new career path altogether, you could head to my website and apply for a free career strategy session with me at kelseykemp.com services. The program is selective and the spots are limited. That's kelseykemp.com services. And you could also follow along with me on LinkedIn. I used to say Instagram, but I've actually kind of stepped away from that a bit and I'm more on LinkedIn now. So follow along with me there at Kelsey Kemp. And if this episode impacted you, don't forget to rate and review. It means the world. I'll see you next week on Answer the Call.